salty life. And, and so I'll just catch you up again real quick. I hate to be redundant, but some of you haven't been here in a while. And so the idea behind this series came from me seeing, the, you know, the salt life sticker, right? Everybody's seen those. And then when you see somebody with that sticker on there, you immediately think, well, they dive or they fish or they surf or what, what it may be. They live near the water. And so you immediately identify a person in reference to that bumper sticker, and nobody puts them on the bumper anymore, the window sticker uh, on their, their car or whatever they might be driving. And so I'm looking at that one day, and, and it was that day or the next day, I was in Publix, and so I'm standing in line at Publix, and I hear this voice from behind me, and this guy says, so I hear you're a Christian. As I turn around... First, I checked to see what was in my basket to make sure I'm scared. <laughs> I'm kidding. You all do that. I don't do that. So Yeah, right. So I turn around. There's a gentleman that attended our church, and we started talking, you know. And so on the way home, that I left Publix. I'm headed home. I only live two miles from Publix. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you know what, Jason? If you weren't a pastor, would he have said that? Wow. Like floored me. Like, in other words, are you living your life in such a way that if you didn't have this platform on Sunday, would somebody walk up behind you that knows you and says, so I hear you're a Christian? And I, it messed me up so bad, and I've shared this the last four weeks, but again, some of you haven't been here. It messed me up so bad that I drove past my neighborhood all the way to the inlet. I, seriously, I couldn't, like I, I couldn't answer that question truthfully. And I don't know about you, maybe you've you got this pseudo-Christianity going where you don't really allow God to ask you important questions, but God of, often asks me important questions, and, and when God asks me a question, I really ponder them, because God never asked a question in the Bible that he didn't already have the answer to. So I'm like, whoa, Jack, this is hurting right now. So I drive all the way down the internet, all the way back. And so I started thinking, am I living a salty life? Matthew 5, 13. Hopefully you know it by heart now. If you've been here the last four weeks, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So in other words, we've defined the fact that Jesus is saying, look, guys, if you're Christ's followers, you are the salt of the earth. What salt do? Preserves. Makes you thirsty and brings flavor. Brings flavor, preserves, and makes you thirsty. That's what salt does. So as a Christ follower, if I am the salt of the earth, am I bringing flavor to those that I am in relationship with? Am I preserving the community that I live in with godly values? And am I making people around me thirsty for Jesus Christ? So Jesus is talking. He's saying, look, you're the salt of the earth. And this is where, this is where Christianity goes into hyperdrive. I don't even know if that's a word. Is that? Okay, I don't know. It's where it goes in. If you've got five gears, you're in six gear at this point. Because this is where you have to assess your own life and go out into the world today and tomorrow and ask yourself this question, am I living a salty life? If I'm the salt of the earth, am I living in such a way that, that is 
making people thirsty for Jesus. And, and so let, let's get into this. Larry, let's, there you go. Psalms 19.14. May the, these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Lord, help us today to assess ourselves and, and be salt of the earth in the community that you've placed us in. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, I'm salty by how I speak. James 3, 4, and 5 are take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder when, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. So when I was growing up, if I said something that I shouldn't say, nowadays everybody cusses. When my grandma would keep me, crap was a cuss word. I mean, like, seriously. And the Bible talks about that. No crass. But she would wash our mouths out with soap. And so my cousins would tell her that I said something and I didn't say. So she, seriously. So she would wash my mouth out. And, and she was so smart. She'd go grab them and go, I know you were lying. And lying is worse than cussing. She'd wash their mouth out. It was awesome. And by then, the soap was out of my mouth, and I was laughing at them going, ha ha. We're salty by how we speak. Go back to the point, Larry. You think about this. You think about James is saying, there's this huge ship. There's this massive ship. And wherever the pilot wants it to go, it goes there because there's a small rudder. Right? There's just this little big thing in the back of the ship that's going to tell that ship where to go. And that's our tongue. And and we we have to be salt of the earth and we have to be salty to people around us. And one of the ways that we do that is we watch how we speak. What are you talking about to people around you? I'm, okay, I'm not talking about cussing. Let's talk about gossip. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you heard, but... Did you know? Have you heard? You know, in, 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 in a church setting, in an organization like this, or if you're in business and you lead an organization, one of the, the things that can kill it the, the fastest is people talking about stuff that's not true. And so here, here's what I do, and I encourage all of you to do this. Somebody comes up to you and says, hey, did you hear about so-and-so over there? da 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 Stop them right there and say, you know what, I didn't, but they're over there. Let's go, let's go ask them. Let's just go right over there right now and ask them if that's true. <laughs> Man, I've done that so many times in my life and watched people go, well, um, uh, mm, um, mm, uh, 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 mm. And I look at it, shame on you. <laughs> Shame on you for saying something that's 50% true. I'm talking about other people. How, how are you speaking? Because here's the thing. People in your workplace that don't know Jesus are watching you because you are professing to be a Christian. They're watching you and they're listening to how you talk. 
I'm salty by the way I speak. Now, what, what influences the way I speak? What influences the way I speak is what I'm, I'm involved in daily. Things that I watch, things I listen to. People that I hang out with. Psalms 1-1. It's a life verse for me. Blessed is the one who does not walk in, walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that, of that sinner. Take or sit in the company of mockers. So if I'm hanging out with a bunch of negative people, I'm going to be negative all the time. If I'm putting things in my heart, in my mind, in my life that are the way of a sinner, I, I'm going to speak that way. If I, let's just say, let's say if, if I'm hanging out with people that always mock and make fun of other people, guess what I'm going to do? It's the way we're built. I know this is not deep, but it's reality. It's the way we're built. We, we are like, we're like a, God made us to be a sponge. And whatever we're exposing ourselves to is going to come out of us at some point. Parents in this room right now, you don't have to let your kids tell you what they can watch. I know that's old school. I know. I know. I was in the grocery store Publix. Man, me and Publix, I get more sermon illustrations out of Publix than anywhere. It's awesome. And I pay for them. Because I go there daily. <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing a basket. And, and there's this little kid in a, in a grocery cart. And they pass, they, they pass, him and his mom pass it. And I, if you're here, I'm, I'm not going to say, I don't know your name. I won't give any specifics. But she's pushing this little kid. And, and she's trying to buy groceries. And every time they pass something this kid wants, he starts screaming. she does every time she stops the cart turns around and gets it for the kid and I'm like when that joker's 16 you're gonna go by like you're gonna go past the Corvette dealership and he's gonna go "Ah!" what you gonna do then See, the, the idea, the idea by, behind being allowed to do what is allowed to do outside of the fruit of the Spirit and being around people that are doing that, it, it creates a lifestyle for you. And before you know it, you're saying negative things. You're not speaking life. You're saying the what ifs. Have you heard about them? And then you become a really unattractive person. See, I, I know a lot of really attractive people, and it's because how they speak. They speak life. They speak blessing. They speak favor. So, applicable for this week is, if I'm going to be salty, I have to pay attention to the words coming out of my mouth. Right? Because we, we've challenged each other in this church the gospel is very applicable. And so it just can't come to church on Sunday and then leave and go, okay, that was a great day. Now I'm going to live the rest of my life. This is a challenging idea of God put a gateway over my mouth. How am I speaking to those closest to me? How am I speaking to my coworkers? How am I speaking to my neighbors? What, because how I speak, I mean, the spoken word defines who you are at many levels. I told you this about a year and a half ago when we did a, a series on the spoken word. You wanna, if you want to like 
at work, if you want to knock it out of the park, and you, you want to raise, speak life. If you want favor at work, quit being such a jerk. I'm just saying. You, you ain't getting a raise if you're a jerk. Matter of fact, you're just biding your time. But everybody, every boss, any leader of any organization will find that one person, man, they're positive. Man, they're speaking life. Man, they love their job. Even if you don't love your job, why? <laughs> why? Because everyone loves someone speaking life. And if we're going to lead people to Jesus, listen, oh, I'm about to get excited. If we're going to lead people to Jesus, which is my heart, that is my very fiber. I get so excited about people coming to know the Lord. If we're going to lead people to Jesus, we have to live a salty life. And you can't live a salty life if you're always complaining. So ask your kids this week, hey, am I, am I grumpy? But they're the best ones to ask. Now, if you have teenagers, they're going to say yes immediately. <laughs> then, then you have to say, well, tell me how. How can I work on that? How can I fix that? Ask your spouse, hey, am, am I getting into a, like a habit of, of speaking negativity? I mean, that'll tear you up. Right? I realized, I guess it was six, seven, eight months ago, I realized I'd gotten into this habit. Every time I got up, I'd go, oh. oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, I'd be on the couch, and I'd go, ugh. <laughs> Ain't nothing hurting on me. <laughs> there, there's nothing hurting. Like, there's absolutely nothing hurting. Like, I... You know, but I'd gotten in a habit of, of you know, getting old. <laughs> I told you what my buddy said. You got to get old, but you don't have to act old. Amen? Yeah. And so, so I'm like, so Raina and I made a deal. Like, I, I was like, honey, when I do that, would you tell me? And so, and I still do it every once in a while, but not as much. But we can fall into those habits of saying certain things, right? And do, having certain behaviors in our life around unbelievers that make us really unsalty. And if the salt loses its saltiness, what good is it anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by man? In other words, what good is a Christian that's not salty? We might as well just go and and party down and live it up, is what Jesus is basically saying there. We're the light of the world. We, We are challenged by God. To be salt in this earth that he has entrusted to us. To keep the balance in this crazy world that we live in. Number two. This is a long one. Are you you good with me? Not the the message isn't long. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scriptures in the Bible about your heart. So I narrowed it down to like eight. So you got to work with me here. We're going to work through them pretty fast. Okay, if you're taking notes, write these down. Go back through them this week and, and do, some, do some studying on the heart. And, and you'll realize how important it is to keep our heart guarded. Here we go. 
I am salty by keeping my heart pure. In my opinion, every aspect of our life is a heart issue. And I shouldn't even say my opinion, in my own experience. If I have wounds in my heart from the past, it's going to directly affect how I treat people in the present. Right? If, if I have wounds that I've not dealt with with the Lord, and there's, there's wickedness and stuff going on in my heart, rejection, hurt, failure, then every time someone comes to me and, and opposes me in a certain area, if I was raised by parents who never approved of me, then I'm going to take offense to the fact that someone's telling me something negative in that area of my life, even if it was true. Do you follow that? That's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. Luke 6.45, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. So we talked about, we're salty by the way we speak. Now, how do we speak? We speak out of the overflow of our, our heart. So, if I'm hurt... And I don't think anybody else understands what I've been through, or I don't think they care. I'm going to hurt other people. And I'm not going to be salty. Look at this next one. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. See, the idea of having a heart condition doesn't mean whatever happened to you was right. What it means is, is when I get healed in my heart and I forgive those who have done things to me, I'm able to be sweet. I'm able to be kind. I'm able to, to see God in a different light because I'm not looking through a lens of bitterness. I'm not looking through a lens of hurt. I'm not looking through a lens of, I want to get back at them. I'm not looking at a, through a lens of feeling sorry for myself in my heart. Does that make sense? I mean, it's, it's so true for so many people that I deal with on a daily basis is... You know, it's a heart issue. Many of our behavioral patterns are heart issues. I know a lot of, a lot of addicts, if you trace back why they do what they do, it's because their heart hurt. They've been hurt. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. How do we get that pure heart daily? Through the Word of God, through praying, through constantly asking God to help us to forgive other people. To constantly dealing with God on a daily basis, cleansing, renewing, sanctification. It, it, it's, it's a daily process. But we're salty to those around us by having a pure heart. Look at this next one. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What are you wanting for? Well, what are you all about? Are you all about money? Are you all about stuff? Nothing wrong with those two things at all. I know some of you be like, you know, I'm not all about that, but I sure would like some money. <laughs> are, are you, what are, what are, where's, your, where's your treasure? What's most important to you in life? And you have to land, if you're going to be salty to those around you, here's, this is awesome. When, when the world meets someone that really doesn't care about the things of the world, but they're really nice, they're really kind, and they're willing to do something for you when they don't even have to, that's salt. That's salty. 
And, and I keep going back to the workplace because most of us work in a workplace. And, and the idea is being different. Being, the Bible says we're a peculiar people. And for years, people thought, okay, we can just be weird. No, that's not what that means. It means to be in the world, but not of the world. It means to be slap dog right in the middle of everything that's going on, having fun, doing your deal, but being different. The world's looking for people like that. And when they see that, it's like, wow, there's something different about this person. I've never heard them talk about somebody before, I, but they're having as much fun as everybody else. Well, yeah, I, I met somebody in, um, I, I meet a lot of people, but I always keep a couple people in my life that are reprobates. And I don't let them know what I do. Like they, they're full on out there, just wide open. That's what I call it. Wide open. Did I hit that note right? And one time this guy goes, man, you sure do do a lot to be a pastor. And I thought, Ooh, okay, well, am, I, am I not supposed to love life? Am I not supposed? He goes, I've just never met a Christian. He's finally found out what I did. I've never met a Christian that has as much fun as you do. And I thought, how sad is that? How stinking sad is that? That a perception of someone who needs the Lord would look at the church or Christianity and go, I don't want any part of that because they all seem miserable. They all just seem just miserable. <laughs> like, I don't... So, so the idea is, if you think about where your heart is, what, what you're longing for, the world's looking for people who are doing life, they're doing it with God, and, and there's just something different about salty. Salty. Look at this next one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Do the people that God's entrusted you to to be a witness to see you trusting God in all your ways? In all your ways. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Do, do our kids see that? Do our spouses see that? Do our coworkers see that? Am I, am I pure in heart? Am I pure in heart? Is my heart on point in that any time that I don't know which direction to take, I stop and pray. And I, I read my Bible. Another one of those guys I was with a couple days ago. And, and um, he, he's going through some real hard stuff in his life right now. And so I've, I've built a bridge, right? I've, I've built a bridge with this guy. And... You pray for him. He's this close. I can taste it. He's this close. I called my wife crying the other day after I'd been with him for a bit. But he's going through some really hard stuff. And I said, hey, it's the first time I did this with him. And I've known him for a year and a half. About a year. Year and a half. But I built that bridge. And so I, I, I just felt the Holy Spirit leading me. I said, hey, man, let me pray for you. And he goes, okay. Bear of a man. So I put my, put my hand on his shoulder. It felt like a tree stump, man. <laughs> Just like, tough dude. Put my hand on his shoulder. And we're, we're, and I just prayed for him. I don't want to go into much detail. I just prayed for him. And, and when we were done, he said, you, you believe in that? That prayer? I said, absolutely, or I wouldn't have done it. So I, I've tried to trust the Lord every day of my life. 
Are we being salty by trusting the Lord? See, this is where it breaks down. I love it. This is going to piss some of you off right here. Because you're going to leave here today and you're going to go, I know that I know that I know that I need to be salty in that person's life, but it's uncomfortable. It may cost me and I just don't want to do it. And it's going to agitate you to no end. That's my job. That's what the, seriously, the Bible says that. I, I mean, I'll paraphrase. I'm supposed to agitate you to do good things. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I'm salty by keeping my heart right. Look, look, look at this next one. Creating me a pure heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This is a prayer that we should pray weekly. Heart condition is so important as a Christian. Create in me a pure heart. And I love the comma there, and I love, oh God. In other words, I can't do this on my own. And renew a steadfast spirit with it. Create in me a pure heart, God. Let me have a pure heart this week. Let me, let me, and then go, go to the next one, Larry. Psalms 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How do I allow God to create a pure heart in me? I got to be in his word. Because his word washes my heart. His, this, this word, I'm telling you, if you're new to the Lord or, and, and you've not kind of plugged into the Bible, there should be, there's one under the seats, there's one, there's a bunch at the tent. You can have them, take them with you. Read it. It's amazing. If you've never read the Bible, start in John. It's a good place to start. Read in John. Just read John. But, but the idea is the fact that, that when I hide God's word in my heart on a daily basis, I, I have a pure heart. And when I have a pure heart, I'm must, much less likely to sin and do things that are against God's will for my life. How do I know God's will, His good and perfect and pleasing will, is I renew my mind with the Word of God, so if the Word is hidden in my heart, I'm less likely to go against God's will for my life, because God's will for my life is found in this book. Not complicated. Hard? Yes. Time-consuming? Absolutely. But it's not that complicated. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, when I load my heart up with the word of God, then I'm so much less likely to be an idiot. Seriously. This next one. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Anxiety is an unbelievable prevalent thing in our society today. And much of that comes from not allowing God on the inside because he's a God of peace. And if you're anxious about things today, talk to God about it. Listen. Read his word. Let's go to this next one. Proverbs 4.23. This is the last one we'll look at on, on the heart issue. Above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. I shared with you that about a month ago, Anthony, our youth pastor, did a devotion in our prayer meeting on Monday morning, and he talked about guarding your heart, this verse, and how God had just showed him it's almost like, you know, there's somebody standing in front of your heart and your spirit fighting for you, and that's the Holy Spirit. Guard your heart. Guard your heart against bitterness. Guard your heart against hatred. Guard your heart against 
opinions that don't line up with this word. Guard your heart against hurt. Guard it. Because it, it'll just take you down a path that, that you don't want to go down. And then you're bitter and then you're not salty. Because remember, we're talking about salty life. Number three, I'm salty by living as God is my rock. Psalms 18.2, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Here's the idea behind this one. Are we living our life every day knowing that God is our rock? In other words, when all hell breaks loose in my life, am I living in such a way that those around me see that I'm anchored? I'm anchored. Men in this room that are married, there's nothing more attractive to your wife than for them to see you anchor down in God when things go awry. That doesn't mean you can't share with them. It doesn't mean you can't say, hey, I'm struggling with this. But, but for them to see you anchor down when you're going... Women in this room that are married, there's nothing more... I was going to say sexy, but I'll say attractive. <laughs> but I just said sexy. <laughs> but I'm going to say attractive. There's nothing greater... For a man to look at his, his, his wife and say, you know what? I know what she's going through because she shared it with me because she shares everything with me. <laughs> but, but to see her say, you know what? I'm going to get through this. God is my rock. There's nothing more attractive to the world to see you. Because a lot of you have friends that you've made because you're good people that don't know the Lord. And so they're a part of your life. And they know when you go through hard times. They know when the business is not doing good. They know when when things aren't going really well in your life. But there's nothing more salty. I I live a salty life by living as God is my rock. And at the end of the day, I can run to Him. I can latch on to Him. And people can say, how can you be so happy? Or how can you be at such peace in this time of turmoil? Let me tell you, He's the cornerstone. He saved me. He is mighty to save. He is able to get me through this. He's gotten me through a lot worse than this. And I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep trucking. And God's going to show Himself mighty whenever He's ready. And He he is my rock. He's my rock. Man, there's something so solid about living that way that it is so salty. And when people around you are looking at your life, and, and we've all blown it in that area, right? We've all freaked out. We, we all have. And if you say you hadn't, then you're lying. Yeah. yeah. And you're only allowed to lie on the part where you say you love your job. It's like the 11th commandment. So, so, so here's the idea. Are you living in such a way that, that, that people around you say, you know what? God's my rock. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He's my hiding place. He's where I'm going to run. He is, because he, man, when it, when it all breaks down, you got to have somewhere to hide. You, you, you know, none of us are Superman or Superwoman. You got to have a place to run. And, and that's what God's there for. That's why he's there. Last thing. I am salty by living with the joy of the redeemed. Psalms 107.2 Let the redeemed of the Lord 
tell their story. Those he, he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Oh boy. I got just a few minutes and I wish I had more, but I don't. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. I think the King James says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Tell their story. One of the greatest ways to share Jesus Christ with people is just share your story. And I talk about this often. I love hearing people's stories. My wife can talk to anybody because she'll sit down beside somebody and she goes, tell me your story. And it freaking drives me crazy because like I'll be tired and we'll be on a plane going somewhere and she'll lean over and say, tell me your story. And every time, whoever the lady she's talking to talks really loud. (laughs) Tell me your story. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. In other words, if you're here today and, and Jesus Christ, God found you and you put your faith in Jesus and through putting your faith in Jesus as the Messiah, God is changing your life every day. Tell somebody. Now you don't, ha- you don't have to start off with you're a sinner and I'm redeemed and you're going to hell and I'm going to heaven. It's not a good, that's not a good plan. Could be true. But may not be the best way to approach the whole idea. Tell your story. Build a bridge. Let people know you care. Be normal. Be salty. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. If you've been saved out of the clutches of this world, out of eternity separate from God, and now you know that you're going to spend eternity with God, tell us when you, when you get the chance, like when it happens, just completely be honest. Don't be nervous and just say, hey, this is who I am. And let me tell you why I'm happy. And let me tell you why I have a joy. And let me tell you why I can be peaceful in times of trials. Because I've got this, this God in my life. And I've got this Holy Spirit in my life. Tell your story. Colossians says this. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. Rescued. I have been in many, many situations in the outdoors, on water, in the woods where, you know, you get lost, the boat breaks down, something. And there's nothing greater than having a friend that you can call that can come and help you at a moment's notice. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Getting rescued? I mean, Cito's making millions a year just on this. And they, I don't even know if they've read the Bible. <laughs> There's something amazing about being rescued. Amazing. And that's what God did for us. He rescued us from sin, the dominion of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In other words, God sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. And through what Jesus did, we have redemption. And we've been brought, watch this, we've been brought into the kingdom of Jesus, the Son He loves. It's beautiful. If you're taking notes, write that down. If not, it'll be online in the next day. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Salty life. 
Salty life. I challenge you this week as Christ followers. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I challenge you to identify, pinpoint some areas in your life that you can be a little more salty. You can be a little more kind, be a little more sweet, you can be a little more positive. You can watch the way you speak and watch how it affects people around you. That's not a one-day deal. It takes a bit. It's a lifestyle. But at some point, it's going to affect somebody around you. And the idea of you being able to share the gospel with them at some point will have eternal significance. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today is a great day to put your faith in Jesus. Here at Coastline, we we never have a service that we don't give people an opportunity to be at peace with God and to know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. So would you bow your head before we're dismissed? If that's you and you'd say, Jason, I'm not salty because I've never put my faith in Jesus. I'm not at peace with God. Salvation is a faith issue. And the Bible says that we're at peace with God by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. And so what that means is, is we've all been given a measure of faith. And so we get to decide where we put that faith. Salvation is pretty simple. Putting your faith in Jesus Christ and believing and confessing in your heart that He's the Messiah, that He's the one true Son of God, and He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that is the only way to be at peace with God. That's, that's all salvation is. It's not about being perfect. It's not about joining this church. It's not about people asking you to do. It's about the first step is putting your faith in Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Jason, I've never done that. I've never done that before. And you want to, I want to pray with you. Slip your hand up long enough for me to see and put it right back down. Anybody here, I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I see your hand, man. That's awesome. Anybody else? Before we pray, I need Jesus Christ in my life today. If you raised your hand, I want to pray with you. But right there where you sit, open, open up your heart and just pray this prayer with me. Nothing magical about the prayer. It's just you confessing, you're putting your faith in Jesus. Pray this with me. Father, thank you that I'm here today and thank you that your love has found me. And God, right now, I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe He lived a sinless life. I believe with all of my heart He took my death and sin on the cross. I believe they placed Him in a grave and I believe He rose from that grave on the third day. And I believe He's in heaven today making intercession, praying for me. And I believe He's coming back for me one day. So God, thank You for flooding my heart right now with Your love, Your grace, Your mercy, and most importantly, Your forgiveness. God, I'm going to do my best to follow you every day of my life. In Jesus' name.